made it to the credits of Peggy Sue Got Married, and you've made it here to episode five of our peep through the spyglass into the future of Nicolas Cage's career, which honestly becomes more concerning by the episode. I'm Brian. I'm Seth. <laughs> what did you think of this movie? I thought it was definitely more coherent. Uh, also, spoiler warning. Yes. Because this is this is actually a movie that you may want to watch. Yeah, spoilers and, uh, ahead. Surprise. Uh, honestly, that which, is probably... Which is what I was about to say. Like, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it feels more coherent, like a more watchable film. Yeah, this this film actually felt like a movie, uh, which I guess is a testament to Francis Ford Coppola, the director, yeah. who we all know and love from his work on Shakespeare the Mobile Theater. Um. Ah, uh, yes, that movie that I definitely do know. <laughs> definitely, totally didn't just make that up. Um, yeah, this was definitely a, a movie, and it felt like it. Like there was a plot that made sense, and it followed a story structure. <laughs> <laughs> there was no, uh, there was no, uh, you know, my stepmom's trying to steal my boyfriend's story that there were only three scenes of, and it never went anywhere. Yeah, you know what else? There was no things in this movie for the first time so far in our show hmm. nude scenes there was no nudity here ah uh, there were no boobies you're right yeah, which was uh i don't know disappoint if I, I mean I, I it, was, it was fine it was good i don't was, know if i'd go right. so far as to say it was refreshing but <laughs> it definitely was a departure <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so this this movie is i actually kind of like the premise of of this because it's you know it's something that we've We've all thought about, like, what if I could go back to, like, high school or, you know, X time in the past, knowing mm -hmm. what I know now. And it, it was kind of interesting to see a lot of the scenes um, played out that way because there's parts where she's just, like, you know, telling this this old, or I mean this uh, high school, like, I don't want to say rival, but like a girl that was mean to her. She's just, like, telling her off a bunch because, like, who fucking cares? Because mm -hmm. we all learned that after after high school, like, who fucking cares if I'd known? I would have told all the people who called me an idiot to go fuck themselves and stuff. Exactly. You know? So <laughs> it's it was it was kind of fun to see a lot of those scenes too. But yeah, and it yeah, was the, it was the exact level of of complete train wreck that you would expect to happen once you get to the <laughs> second thought of that idea. You're like, oh yeah, I would like to go back. But if I did, exactly. I'm sure it would confuse <laughs> everybody, and everybody would hate it, and I would ruin all of my relationships. <laughs> It would fuck up and the whole world, I'm sure. And that's kind of... We see a little bit of that here. <laughs> I was going to say, to be to be fair, the whole thing ended in a way that confused not only everyone in the movie, I'm sure, but everyone watching. Like... <laughs> yeah. I'm, we'll get to it. <laughs> yeah. That was... It was a weird ending. Uh, Continuity-wise. Um, so, yeah. yeah I want to I wanna point out, uh, out the gate, that this the soundtrack to this movie was fucking dope. It was right in my like childhood feel feels. My dad always listened to music out of the fifties and sixties when I was growing up. So like, oh yeah, everything that was on display here was excellent. So 
Like, of course, they showcase the song Peggy Sue. Of like, course. That, that's what's playing when, when she's walking yeah. up to the stage at the reunion so, and all that stuff. So. A quick synopsis of the film, in case you made it past the spoiler warning but have not yet actually seen it. Um, Peggy My Sue... very well-delivered spoiler warning. Yes, it was excellent. <laughs> Peggy Sue is an adult. She has two kids. Goes to her, her I assume, 25? Yeah, 25-year Yeah, it was 25-year. Yeah. Her 25-year high school reunion... Gets crowned queen again and faints and wakes up back in 1960 in high school, um, her senior year, and gets to, like, be her senior year self with all of the memories of the next 25 years, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, And she goes on trying to figure out if she still wants to be with the the person who she is currently going through a divorce with in the future – um, they got married right out of high school. In the present school. day. <laughs> in the present, yes. Correct. Um, if she still wants to be with them, if she's going to, you know, try and do things that she regrets from high school, all of that stuff. Um, and then, you know, that just kind of plays out. So we'll get a little bit into how that plays out, but that's the premise and the idea of the film. Um, so the vast majority of the movie takes place in 1960 in middle America somewhere. I think it was 1965. Maybe. Oh, I thought it was 60 even. I don't I don't remember. Somewhere in the It doesn't really matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter <laughs> at all. <laughs> Somewhere in the early to mid 60s. Jeez. Oh, um be, where be rude. Yeah, well it was the 60s, man. People were assholes. Uh, <laughs> definitely a, a little bit of prom- problematic uh treatment of women in the 60s but not too much here it was fine it wasn't like the movie was doing that it was it was some of you just got a little bit of of like it's wild that women can be independent and people you should wear something perky because it will cheer up the guys in your class whatever stuff like that (laughs) there was was a whole scene where like um uh, peggy sue's dad has or so like uh, uh, oh my god I, it's amazing how quickly I forget names in movies that right? we watch we record straight after we watch the movie and I'm like what the hell was that guy's yeah. name again we literally no, cut I'm... from credits to recording and I <laughs> only remember Peggy Sue because it's literally the title of the film <laughs> pretty oh, pretty pretty also, pretty Peggy Sue I um, have Charlie written down because that's Nick Cage's character and that's honestly the yeah. only important one to know yeah Nick Cage's character is named Charlie so but uh, Peggy Sue's dad has Charlie, like Charlie's coming to pick her up to go to some party and her dad like sits him down and talks to him. He's like, so I've noticed that uh, my daughter's been a little weird and like acting out. And uh, this is all in the past, like after she's fainted and, and woken up mm-hmm. in the past. So they're in high school and he's sitting this high school kid down going like, so um, you're going to take her to this party because we think it'll cheer her up. Now, uh, like, go show her a good time and restrain yourself. <laughs> so Dude, it's... oh my gosh, that scene was wild. There's, like, uh, on the it's flip side of that... It's just weird to see that Peggy... level of involvement of, like, parents in kids' lives. Because, like, this is high school. They're already, like, we're going to get married. And their parents are all, like, are you having trouble with your high school boyfriend? And, like, are you still going to marry him? Because you should, like... Yeah, it was It was a weird like, glimpse. like, 18... <laughs> And, and they're talking about, okay, we should – early on, Nick Cage's character uh, – so I guess that they had had like a borderline fight in 
the past in high school, they had had like a fight and they're like, okay, uh, I think that we should maybe see other people, blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. then future Peggy Sue present day comes back um, a couple of days after that fight or the next day or something like that. And she's getting a ride to school from Charlie, Nick Cage's character. And he's like, oh, do you, have you thought about what we talked about the other day? And she's like, oh, can you remind me? And he's like, oh, I think that we should see other people. And she's like, oh. At this time, she thinks that she's still going to break it off early because she was supposed to. She's getting a divorce with this guy in the present day. Mm-hmm. So she's like, okay, I'll just fucking end it now instead of wasting all of my prime 20s and whatever. So she's like, yeah, perfect. We should definitely see other people. Why wait until graduation? Let's just break up now. And he says right before that, he's like, um, we should, you know, uh, what did he say? Do some comparison shopping. And then in a yeah. couple of years, we'll get married. And I was like, what? Yeah, see, I wasn't sure if that was just like a 60s thing or if that was them trying to make Nick Cage's character kind of a douche. I, <laughs> like, I think they he's were like, trying to make yeah, him we kind should. of a douche. He's like, yeah, we should break it off and do some comparison shopping and then get back together. I'm like, wait, what? I, just, I, like, I don't understand this. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was just a wild statement. That It felt yeah, like... Then at, oh, man, it was yeah. just so weird. Ugh. But then after that, they get straight out of the car. It's when she's like, well, why wait? Let's just do it now. Because in her head, she's thinking, yeah, this is what I was planning all along. And she goes, why don't we just break up now? And then... Charlie runs after her and he's like, because we got prom coming up and parties and like, we don't want to disappoint our parents. And You're like, oh yeah, it is the sixties. I see. Did Totally. It would thing. be so strange to me if my parents had that level of involvement in my dating life. Yeah. Well, I think part of that is because you're a man, but also part of that is like the year that we live in. <clears throat> That's not yeah. really a thing anymore. No, that's 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 the main part of it is it's 2020, not yeah, 1960, we, whatever. Yeah, uh, it was it was wild. I did I I did want to point out because I seem to every episode that I really enjoyed seeing the cars in this film, whether oh it's cars or boats or whatever. I really enjoy the set pieces. <laughs> no, yeah, there were these just gorgeous 50s and 60s. Like um, uh, Charlie drives this nice dark blue. Uh, what is it, a Bel Air? Yeah, it's a Chevy Bel Air. Yeah. It's gorgeous. And it's got the fins on the back. It's a it's a I don't think it even has a roof. I think it's just a cabriolet. No, it, no, it's a it's a convertible because there's a scene where he has the roof up. It's like a dark Oh, that's right, yeah. Almost black canvas. It's it's very but pretty. Good God, it's a beautiful yeah. car. It's a gorgeous vehicle. Yeah, there was there because they did that to they showcased the the vehicles because there was uh the scene right after Peggy Sue faints at her 25-year reunion and wakes up in the past. Her friends are taking her home. They're driving her home from school, and she's looking around, and it shows all of these gorgeous, gorgeous cars. I'm like, man. That's kind of her realization. It was like, wait, what's happening? These are not the right cars. Hold on. Something (laughs) is wrong. Um, Yeah, that was was wonderful. Yeah, because going from the 60s to the 80s was a very distinct style change in no shit auto design um also speaking of delightful yet short-lived on-screen time uh jim carrey is in this film oh my god yes <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's he's like the same old jim carrey he that you know. is jim he's... carrey who happened to be on camera that day yeah <laughs> and he's an absolute delight <laughs> 
I just, uh, ugh, man. Yeah. I he, love watching we see, that guy. We see him initially in the high school reunion. He's a dentist now, and that's kind of mm. the thing. Is like he, um, he's in it, his first like real scene. He like walks past camera a couple of times before this, but then it shows him like in in a back room with one of the other girls from high school, mm-hmm. and they're chopping up a line of coke. And he's yeah. like, you know, this is the best part about being a dentist is this is like pure medical grade shit. <laughs> it's like, it's like, yeah, pure pharmaceutical grade. Like, oh, like, God. <laughs> and that, I guess I lied because that is never referenced again. Did not need to be there. Nope. Was just a thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, never. And never even like he's in back in high school um, when it flashes back to the 60s. Like they're all it's the same friend group. Jim Carrey is mm-hmm. still there, but he doesn't talk about wanting to be a dentist. He doesn't talk about, like, getting into drugs. He's just, like, like a regular-ass, goofy high school kid, and that's it. He's he's yeah. one step above a cameo in this film, and every second he's there is a pure delight. No, yeah, and that actually – I was thinking about that because, like, thinking back to my group of friends in high school, every group of friends has a, a – what was his name? A Jim Carrey character in, like – yeah, Jim like Carrey's goofy... character in this movie was like the goofball, the like overly extrovert, like mm-hmm. just likable nut job. Yeah, and I, th- I think everybody's friend group had one of those. Yeah, uh, and he did not get nearly enough screen time. I would have loved to see. No. I would have loved to see more. Another thing to continue this leapfrogging of ideas. Another thing I would love to actually see is the band that they're in in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh. Charlie and that Walter, quartet. yes, which is Jim Carrey's character. There's a quartet, and they're in shiny sequined suit jackets. I would fucking, right now, pay tickets, buy tickets to go see <laughs> Jim Carrey and Nick Cage in a quartet singing fucking 60 songs. Yeah, and like, was that Nick Cage's actual I don't voice? Know. Because it, if so, he can fucking sing. It definitely sounded like Nick Cage singing. Yeah. Like, it sounded, it was very good singing, but it had like that same, like, later. cadence of and, and style that Nick Cage has in his talking. Yeah, like, it sounded like his voice. Like, there, there's also a scene later where he's uh, singing in a bar with an actual, like, R&B backing band, and mm-hmm. it sounds good. Yeah. He's good. I would <laughs> If that actually is believe. his voice completely believe that that was actually him nick yeah. cage seems like the kind of guy that would have like a low-key excellent singing voice <laughs> like yeah if, if someone was like oh dude check out this clip of drunk nick cage in a bar singing he's really fucking good <laughs> there would be no distraction but yeah that tracks i totally believe that 100 <laughs> percent. really you would because i just you know a little bit before in the movie watched the guy walk into the nurse's office of the school where uh, Peggy Sue wakes up after she faints. Like, she wakes up in the past in the nurse's office, and the whole thing is like, oh, she wakes up from, like, giving blood or whatever. But, no, it was giving blood. Yeah, because she, she donates Nick blood Cage's and passes character. out, and that's the... She wakes up from that. But yes. Yeah. But then Charlie comes in acting like a vampire. Yeah. He does he this does twice in this film. Very, he does a terrible vampire impression. It's bad. Just zero out of ten would not. Uh, two out of ten would not bang. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "I want to suck your blood," and then he like goes down and gives her a kiss on the cheek. He's like, "And now I want to suck your Twinkie," because she like the the, the nurse gave her a Twinkie like after she gave blood, and, and he just like chops down on the Twinkie in his hand. No. But like. 
the line now i want to suck your twinkie is graphic honestly if i'm being for real with you (laughs) we got our dose of crazy nick cage in this movie and Mm mm-hmm I'm not sad about it. I'm just saying, watch that clip and then watch him singing and then tell me it tracks. Yeah, that no, <laughs> but I, t- that's exactly why it tracks. <laughs> Is it though? Yeah, if you see weird Dracula Nick Cage and then you're like, wow, this guy's, f- what is happening here? And they're like, oh, actually he has an excellent singing voice. You're like, oh. Yeah, okay, this wild ass wow. shit. Of course he does. Like, why wouldn't he? Yeah. I bet he's a billionaire too. Why not? Sure. (laughs) Yeah, I guess there are. Like, we've talked about this before. The, like, satirical and joke metal bands are always, like, they always create the best music. Yeah. Like, like Death Clock and, like, Austrian Death Machine and Psycho Stick and We Butter the Bread with Butter. Like, those guys have got to be just some of the absolute nut jobs off, off mic. And then they go in and just kill it. Like, wait, (laughs) this guy was just telling me about his third set of golf shoes that he doesn't play with why is he up here singing right now what's happening (laughs) it's exactly that kind of track like of course yeah (laughs) so i i guess uh nicholas cage has now played a larger role in my life he has given me a paradigm (laughs) shift changed the way i think of people he's made me less judgy nicholas cage thank you thanks i think i can say this now thank you dad (laughs) (laughs) papa papa cage (laughs) (laughs) oh that made me uncomfortable and i think it was very good speaking of uncomfortable, Um, (laughs) nick cage's character's voice in this film is awful god god i hate his voice how did i not touch on that earlier because you blocked it from your mind like i tried to do that was definitely like on purpose. Coppola is pretty specific yeah. about stuff like that. So like Oh, well, oh, okay. I <laughs> I thought you meant like it was absolutely like Nick Cage was doing it and he knew what he was doing. I'm like, "Yeah, dude, that's not his voice." <laughs> yeah. No, that's for sure. But no, that like there was a reason like his character was supposed to have a voice like that for some reason that I am unaware mm-hmm. of. Um so it wasn't just like a weird affectation that he was trying to do. Um right. like that was that was a conscious decision to be it like was, that it was a directional choice dude but i fucking hated it it was it, it was, was perfect for the character bad. absolutely perfect for this like appliance really? right. yeah because so the future present day nick cage um his character present day charlie is an appliance salesman he gives up mm-hmm. the um the dream of being a musician in his band and settles down takes over his dad's appliance shop and then that leads to like a sleaziness and he cheats on on Peggy Sue and they're getting a yeah, divorce, he's, blah blah blah. He's, he's like, the, like sleazy... the guy on TV with like the best prices in town and does exactly. all these crazy commercials and like he's he's the sleazeball appliance right. salesman. And I think so. that having that weird like breathy, high pitched, uh, unnerving kind of voice is just meant to reinforce the oiliness of his character, even as a high schooler. Yeah, and. I mean, I guess that, I mean, that that's a, a good reason to do that, but I just don't think that um, Nick Cage pulled it off very well. Hmm. I don't think he was the right guy to get to try to modulate his voice like that. Because I... it was, it was, it was just this, yeah, it was just this like nasally, like I'm doing a voice voice and mm-hmm. it, 
I don't know. It really bothered me. Yeah, I did not enjoy it at all. I will say this. And he, I think he did a little bit of an accent, too. I think he was trying to work a little bit of an accent there, in there. So but. The, the, I think there's two things. One, I want to say his his voice and cadence and, and speech pattern was remarkably consistent. So it didn't seem yeah. like a caricature. It seemed like a, a not necessarily practice, but like a specific thing. Secondly, I think he was wearing dentures in this film. Because his front, like, six or eight teeth, like, were more, like, flattened and, like, stuck out into his lips more than previous kinda, and post. It looked it really weird. It kind of did look like those, like, weird hillbilly teeth that you slot over exactly. your regular teeth. But, like, to a way lesser extent. Well, and they but even, it just kind of stuck out that way. Exactly. It was just a little bit not right. Uh, and yeah. they even kind of bring attention to it in the film where he's like, I've got the hair. I've got the teeth. I've got, like, they kind oh, of... Yeah they kind of bring attention to like, okay, his teeth are weird because he's trying to like be this fancy boy, whatever. Um, yeah. I forgot the, I forgot the line. I forgot that line. I've got the hair. I've got the teeth. Look outside. I've got the car. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I'm like, yes, you do my dude. Yes. You've got the car. You do have the but, car. That's for sure. Uh, but I so I think the re the second reinforcement that I think he's wearing dent, uh, some kind of denture in this film is because that like weird speech pattern and nasaliness and like, slight lisp and breathiness can all come from like having a fucking retainer in so like it, it kind of has like that kind of characteristic to his voice so like maybe he was like just in the middle of of getting his teeth like worked on or yeah fixed which or is totally like possible that. and so like he sounded kind of kind of weird when he spoke normally so they're like just do a voice just lean, lean into, into it. it it'll be fine yep. yeah because i know after birdie so he ripped out two of his <laughs> teeth for birdie um which was filmed after The Boy in Blue, weirdly enough. So he ripped out two of his teeth for Birdie, which everybody was like, dude, what the fuck? You can't just like take teeth out for a role. This isn't 2010. You're not Jared Leto. Um, <laughs> but it turns out that he, like those teeth were already planned on, to come out. He needed like dental procedures, but he just said like, fuck it, pull them out now. It'll work into my character. Um, so we did it like without anesthetic, all this stuff. So he's definitely been in the process Whoa. of getting his teeth worked on for a couple of films. So it may have been that it may have been for the film where the Francis Ford Coppola wanted a specific look and feel. So we gave him like these denture. I don't know. Don't really know. But there's definitely something going on there. And that I think played a big role in his speech pattern. For this sure. has been your deep dive into iconic American film history. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> if I could do a good Roman Mars impression, I would. <laughs> uh yeah so that fucking hated it i hated his voice yeah this whole movie yeah. but but no you're right it was consistent mm -hmm. he did do it well it's just the voice that he did was not yeah great no it was like it wasn't like nails on a chalkboard but it was definitely like in that it was same noticeable vein. and maybe it's just because we've watched so many of his movies already that now this one is just kind of a jarring yeah, maybe. thing like if you go into this um, not having watched, you know, four Nicolas Cage movies already, it might not be a b as big a deal. So yeah, and I know that this maybe is... we're just maybe we're just picky. <laughs> I mean, I know I'm picky. We but are mostly with food. Nicolas Cage aficionados. aficionados. Look, I'm not saying that <laughs> connoisseurs. We're, I'm not saying we're experts, but we do host a Nicolas Cage centered podcast. So, <laughs> which gives us a lot. Uh, well, not a lot of a. You know what? It doesn't, it doesn't give, give us, us any authority. authority. You shouldn't listen to us. Why are you listening to this? Yeah, I don't know. Go do something else with your life. <laughs> do something productive. 
like we're doing by watching all of Nicolas Cage's films. <laughs> you and know, then talking about them for thirty minutes. <laughs> the the good Bunda Society kind of stuff. Uh, I want to talk about two things. Mm-hmm. First, uh, when Peggy Sue is going on this second date with the person that she regretted not going out with in the future she's back in time she's she went on a first date it was great they got high and looked at the stars and had sex on a blanket or whatever second date uh, so there they, were no boobs in this movie but there was about as much as much fucking yeah but it was more implied fucking it was pg yeah it wasn't as graphic fucking yeah. yeah there you go uh so they go on like a second date to a club um and they sit down and the waitress brings out um, what she calls a bottle of bubbly for the lady. And then she says, and a whiskey for the gentleman. And she sets down a full fucking bottle of whiskey Yes. for this guy. And I was like, this guy is <laughs> in high school. Can we go back to the 60s? Can we do that? <laughs> what the fuck? I would love to go to a bar and be like, yeah, just give me a bottle. I didn't. I Okay. There's a couple of because things. Because I can do that. that now, but it would cost you. I can't believe. Definitely more than a high school kid has. I can't believe that they just like fucking gave this high schooler a bottle of whiskey. They didn't. We're like, hey, you look a little young. Maybe you. Maybe a glass is fine if I'm going to be and lenient. And this high school girl, she's like, a bottle of suds for you. Like, come on. Here's your apple juice and for the young gentleman, whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so no, yeah, that... buck wild. That would be like a bottle of ginger ale, heavy air quotes, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that's a bottle of spicy water for the spicy for water. the young man. The, de- the devil's water, water. Uh, <laughs> and that's so that's part of it was they just gave this guy whiskey. But the part that really I did like a literal double take was she's like, oh, and whiskey for the gentleman, and I assumed it was, you know, a finger of whiskey in a glass, and she just slides over a whole bottle. Like, yeah, it was the entire goddamn thing. And then wait. he just like, <laughs> glugs a bunch of it into a glass. He just pours it like water into his glass. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, she sees Charlie singing with his R&B backing band. He's like, whoa, I didn't know mm-hmm. he did this. And then uh, the guy that she's on a date with, I forget his name now, uh, is like, oh. Um, Michael. Yeah. He's like, man, fuck Charlie, basically. <laughs> and he's like, can we just leave? <laughs> and then, like, one sip into his bottle, they get up and he puts a $5 bill on the table or whatever out of his jacket and they fucking dip. Like, dude, you had a whole bottle, man. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's like a, maybe it's like a pitcher of beer or something. Like, you can... you can. Maybe? I, I doubt it. I don't it. know where I was going with that. But, like, they bring the bottle over so that you can pour out as much as you want and then they just fucking put the the cork back in the bottle and throw it back on the shelf when you're done. So I have in my notes the saying, um, I definitely wouldn't want to go back to the sixties, but if that's the case, I think I would go back to the sixties. Also, also, uh, the only time I've related to anything in this film was, uh, (laughs) when, when they put a big old bottle of whiskey down for five bucks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, that's highly unrelatable. Have you seen whiskey at a restaurant? (laughs) Uh, five dollars. Yeah. You can stand a little longer at the bar and look at the bottles if you want. Remember Pappy Van Winkle? I do. I distinctly remember Pappy. Oh man, you just got a sickly pallor on your face. You're like, 
Oh, I want mm. some now. I'm never going to have it again. I do. Looking at my whiskey cabinet is highly disappointing because I have none. At any <laughs> rate. you have no pappy. I have no pappy. You have no pappy cage? Uh, so, Peggy Sue gets sent back in time. Mm-hmm. She goes home, uh, s- plays a board game with her sister, who she apparently is semi-estranged to in present day. She wants to be closer oh, was, with her. So she yeah, it was that whole game. thing where, like, siblings never like each other. Right. So, so like she's like what are you doing you're never happy to see me and she's like oh i always wished i was i had a better relationship with you my little sister and like yeah mm-hmm. so she plays a game and then they go downstairs and are watching tv or whatever and she's like oh man this is crazy and she gets up and she <clears> pours <throat> a little like sip of whiskey from her parents whiskey cabinet or whatever um just in a glass and she takes a drink she's like ah fuck it and pours like <laughs> three fingers and takes a drink and then her dad gets home and they go outside and she he shows the family the new car that they just bought and she's like getting drunk at this point yeah and he's like what (laughs) are you drunk and she's like "Mm, just a little bit and i had this thought holy (laughs) shit if i went back to 1960 getting drunk is probably the first thing i would do too because that's (laughs) fucking wild (laughs) i was like okay i can relate now i i agree i would probably have poured some whiskey for myself as well because why what (laughs) i i was just Torn from the fibers of my own reality and thrust down the time tubes into whatever whatever era I'm in yeah. now, of course, I'm going to get a little yeah. bit of alcohol. Well, a lot of bit of alcohol I'm, in me. I just, mm, I don't know what's going on. Get me drunk. <laughs> it's it's 2 p.m. and I am a senior in high school again. Uh, yeah, where did my parents keep the whiskey? Hold on, I'll be right back. <laughs> I don't know what's going on and I want to know even less of what's going on. Hang on a second. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, okay, yeah. Same. I probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that tracks. <laughs> yes, 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 and also yes. And also her parents were like very, uh, you know, 50s conservative at the time. They're like, are you drunk? Put her to bed. Get out of here. She goes upstairs and goes to bed. And then the next morning, I actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it is still quite 50s. The next morning they were like, nope, not going to acknowledge it. We're not going to talk about it. Don't bring it up. You yeah, no, she did gets not get drunk. It's fine. She gets drunk in front of the family and her dad's like, "You're grounded. Go to your room." And that that was that was the end of it because the next morning they're eating breakfast and she's like, "I'm sorry about yesterday." He's just like, Duh, "Just don't let it happen again." Yeah. It's like, <laughs> that was it. I had a very different senior year experience than that apparently. And I didn't even <laughs> there was no alcohol involved in my senior year. No, yeah. <laughs> I want to talk about how good of an actor Nick Cage is in this film. Because present day Nick Cage, not only did the makeup look excellent, like he looked like he was in his 40s for sure, um, but also like he acted like the sad, I wanted to be a singer, but I'm stuck running an appliance shop, old broke down guy really well. Like that was my first real impression when he came to the high school reunion was like, wow, this is Nick Cage is like finally acting like he's like he was good and portrayed good characters and did well previous films but like this this is like the next level up he i I, i've instantly connected like he sold me on the sad broke down getting a divorce appliance salesman instantly so good i was thoroughly blown away in like five seconds with like his a couple of subtle facial expressions and like the look in his eyes it was like, this is Nicolas Cage is definitely the next step 
as a professional actor now. Yeah, like in his in his present day form, mm-hmm. um, where he's he's doing the whole crazy salesman commercial thing. Like, yeah, he he looks he looks downtrodden. Yeah, he plays that really well. He did it. He he fucking killed it. Um, back as, as high school, it, Nick Cage was meh, but like present day Nick Cage was excellent. Even though present day, that I think the present day comprised maybe twenty minutes of the entire movie, mm-hmm. but like to say that to say that you were that impressed with his work in that short amount of time, that it does definitely say something that he's kind of coming into his own. I think. Yeah, it it really feels like he's like I said he he's hit that next that next level of acting ability, um, which I mean, I, maybe it's the teeth, man. Maybe the, maybe. maybe it was the, the gap was just letting too much of his acting ability out, Fly in out between of them. So yeah, maybe the, de- the dentures stopped that from, <laughs> I'm sorry. That was so, that was so very, that was mean spirited. I'm sorry, Nick Cage. If you listen to this podcast, we love you. You should definitely be sorry. Um, so, let's get into the more Buckwild shit. Uh, towards the end of the film, it turns out that Peggy Sue's grandfather is part of a time-traveling cult. Yeah, no, it... Oh, God. How they did that was so very, very strange. I yeah. mean, they did reference her grandparents before in the movie because, like, her grandma called... Um, because... Peggy Sue's mom told her grandmother that, like, oh, she's not feeling well and all this. So her grandma called to see how she was doing. And uh, when Peggy Sue picked up the phone, she's just, like, had this kind of, like, breakdown. Like, I can't because uh, she knew that her grandmother was going to die. And, like, she just couldn't handle it. Mm -hmm. And so that sort of put into the movie that, like, her grandparents are a very big part of her life. But in no way did they mention her grandfather or that he is part of this lodge. Yeah. Um, so she goes to visit her grandparents towards the end of the movie because I guess she yeah. just wants to see them one last time. And she ends up – they're at like a cabin hanging out. And she ends up telling them like what has happened. She's gone back in time, blah, blah, blah. And they are basically like, yeah, okay. That's sad. Yeah. That's help. Yeah. Can I just say that like <laughs> – her grandparents in this movie are like the parents in the other movies. They're just fucking cool just and chill. chill. Like, like, yeah, man, that, that's fucking rough. Do you want to yeah. have a whiskey? <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks. I just had a whole bottle at the bar before this. Which it initially cost me like $3. Initially, I thought was buck wild. It's like, wow, they're just going along with it. But then five yeah, minutes because... later, it made a lot more sense. Yeah, because she De- Peggy Sue sits down and tells them this whole story. It like you know fades and then fades back in after she's done telling them about it. And her grandma's like, "Well, if if you believe it, then I believe it." And I'm like, "Well, that was easy." Sure, and then, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and then in the next scene is like her grandpa getting all dressed up and stuff to take uh, Peggy Sue to the lodge. And then, which I thought was like an the... Elks Lodge kind of thing. They kind of play it as like it's an Elks Lodge or like, you know, a whiskey and cigar kind of lodge. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, it it's. I think they do mean it as in the whole like Mason Lodge kind of yeah. thing. It just like we we don't. 
like that really isn't super prevalent to us in this day and age so we didn't really take it that way yeah that's true but but yeah um essentially on the drive there her grandpa's like you know call me crazy but i think i can help (laughs) and i'm like oh so this is gonna be voodoo magic is how she gets back this is gonna be a weird thing (laughs) so then they pull they get there and they put on fucking purple robes and weird hats and peggy sue puts on like a a like this gold cloak yeah thing. like a weird flashy cloak thing she, yeah but before all this uh very important her grandpa explains like you know our lodge was founded by a time traveler and i'm like oh okay cool wait, what did you just say <laughs> this is just dropped on us time traveler and he's like yeah i'm really he says something about this hasn't happened for 600 years and i was like that's weird and then the next sentence is yeah. it's founded by a time traveler and i was like oh Oh, this is double weird. Okay, hold on. I need to put my seatbelt back on. <laughs> yeah, he goes, last time this happened was 600 years ago. And I'm like, wait, are they going to reveal the grandpa's a time traveler too? Hold on. Yeah, uh, we are. <laughs> but that wasn't what happened. There's 26 minutes left in this film. There's not enough time for us to discuss. Oh, no, I checked grandpa the time, being a time There traveler. was 12. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Setting us up yeah, for the sequel, Yeah, as they're pulling up to the lodge was about 12 minutes left, including credits. Oh, my gosh. It's like, okay, so this is clearly maybe a red herring. So then the, she gets paraded. They're chanting. The power goes out and she fucking disappears. And I was like, what? They did. They just did this. They definitely just did this. Motherfucker worked. Hold the fuck. Wait, I was absolutely like, flabbergasted. This entire movie has been about her like being in a coma or some shit. Yeah. Like this is all going on in her head. We know this. But then at the end is this like bait and switch reveal that no, this is actually magic. Like this is a, <laughs> is this a sci-fi movie? Did I miss something? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Are we about to see some orcs and goblins and shit? Yeah. Cause this is straight magic. I do not. And then. Uh, after I have that whole train of thought, it cuts to um, outside the lodge where Nick Cage has just snuck in when the power was out and kidnapped her. And they're running down the street. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> you son of a bitch. You had me, you dick. <laughs> Which makes me forgive the whole thing where her grandpa being a member of a time traveler lodge was just a thing that happened in the last yeah. 10 minutes of the movie. Just, just apropos of nothing. Um, that, that whole situation was remedied by the fact that, that, that prestige was pulled off. Yeah. <laughs> that was very good. Son of a bitch. But yeah, so they, they, uh, uh, Charlie is now like carrying uh peggy sue out of the thing he's like i'm rescuing you and she's like no you bitch that's how i was gonna get back (laughs) and then (laughs) they run into this like greenhouse or wherever where charlie then tells her like hey i i gave up my dream of music and my dad gave me 10 percent ownership of the company the appliance store and like i can provide for you now let's get married and she goes through the whole like emotional kind of uh, apex of like no this isn't what I want this is the whole thing I was trying to avoid yada 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 and then he hands her this locket which was uh, it was like a, a a thing throughout the movie like at, at the beginning she was uh, very proud of having the locket at the high school union because it had her kids pictures in it 
Um, yeah, and it was it was this thing that they explained was uh, in the beginning before she fainted. It was this thing where she had it and she was proud of it. And when she got it in high school, she like showed it off to everyone and all this stuff. And then um, in the past, uh, Charlie gives it to her and it's got pictures of her kids in it. And then that kind of triggers the whole, uh, wait a minute, I'm dreaming kind of a thing. Because it should have been pictures of her and Charlie, but it was pictures of her kids instead. Mm-hmm. So, it, so she sees pictures of her kids and she's like, oh, yeah. it's Beth and Scott or whatever her kids' names are. And he's like, yeah, I think that was it. And, and Charlie goes, no, it's you and me. Your mom gave me those pictures. But like, so she's clearly seeing her kids, but Charlie clearly gave her a locket with um, pictures of them like he did originally back in high school right so it, it so it was kind of the inception totem that yeah woke her up from her exactly her, like, coma or whatever exactly and then uh plot twist part is she wakes up and charlie's there and they kind of have like a um a sort of getting back together kind of thing where she's like ah, i'm not ready to like give this another shot or whatever but like maybe you can come by for dinner on sunday with your kids and stuff and then He's like, oh, who are the, or she goes, who are all of these flowers from? And Charlie's like, oh, everybody, all of your friends and blah, blah, blah. And then uh, the guy that she went on those two dates with has a book. Michael. Michael. So just to flashback a little bit on that, like, uh, starry night field date where they have sex in the field. Um she's like, Oh, you're just going to remember this night and write a book about it or whatever. Uh, yeah, because it was like, he's, he's basically an aspiring writer. Mm-hmm. So like, and that's that why second I, time where, yeah, that second time where they meet in the bar and the waitress plops a bottle of whiskey in front of him. He's like, all right, here's what we do. We're going to run away and do this. And we're going to go to Utah and polygamy's legal there. So we're going to stay together and you, you know, you'll raise the chickens and whatever. And she's like, no, I'm not doing that. And when she says that, he's like, but we banged. Remember? We banged? We had and that wonderful like, night of intense connection. <laughs> yeah. And then she pulls the genius move of appealing to his poet side. And be, she's like, maybe you'll write a book about it, our one starry night in desire or whatever. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I can dig that cat. And I'm like, yeah. So, so then she that, wakes up from her yeah. coma. And Charlie's like, oh, and he sent this book and it's, this book is dedicated to you. And it says like to Peggy Sue and a starry night. And, and that's when I went, wait, hold the fuck on. (laughs) I thought she was in a fucking coma from this heart condition that they've been talking about from this heart condition they've been talking about. Uh, and she passed out at the reunion and woke up in the hospital, but now you're telling me that the this weird fling that she did and told this guy to write a book about actually happened because there's the book. So, like, did she actually go back in time then? It was one of those weird, like, Pixar callbacks to, like, like oh, yeah, you, you were just dreaming. But were you? Yeah. Uh, uh, but except this was a an actual, like, movie directed by Francis Ford Coppola and... Yeah, and it, and then it the, seemed out of place. The credits roll after that, so you're like, yeah, no, it cuts to the credits. Wait, 
I was fully on board with her being just in a fucking coma or whatever. Yeah. But now you're telling me that this happened with just the a book dedication. It. And honestly, I I liked the idea better that it was just her like coma dream. Me too. Because it kind of hit me when she was talking to her grandma. Um, her grandma said something like, "Oh, you're just browsing through time and like choosing the things that you'd." want to be proud of or want to remember and stuff um and that was kind of a cool concept to me just because you were sort of in just a little bit in doubt the entire time of wait a minute is anything she does going to actually affect uh the present day like is this that kind of movie Mm -hmm. um but i liked the idea that uh it was kind of just her it was essentially a, a very vivid manifestation of remembering all the good things about the person you love mm-hmm. um, when you're having trouble with them. And then, you know, are those memories going to be powerful enough to overcome the problems that you're working through now? And it's it was just a very interesting way to convey that that mm-hmm. idea of like, remember the good times. Are these like, is this really what you want to do? Um, right. remember why you did it in the first place kind of a thing. Yeah, exactly. It's like racking your brain, but in a very visual way. Yeah, up, up until that point, to me, it had seemed like it was like the perfect, like, she, it was a an introspection where she was remembering all the things. And if she, if she could mm-hmm. go back and change them, would she, and would it have mattered? And what would she have done differently? And then towards the end, she realized like. It's essentially what your brain does when you're dreaming anyway. Right. Like, at, yeah. at the end, she realized like, I wouldn't really have done anything differently because I do love Charlie and I love our kids and blah, blah, blah. And like when she wakes up, she's like, okay, I'm going to give Charlie a second chance instead of just divorcing him. He's not a loser like, or whatever. Like I, I think it is probably worth it because I wouldn't have done anything differently had I gone back in time. Mm -hmm. And then they, he just throws that wrench and is like, Oh, maybe he did. She did go back in time. It's like, man, you kind of just ruined the whole like metaphor (laughs) thing here. And now it's just like, whatever (laughs) it's just kind of a uh, uh, yeah uh. it went from being like a really nice like thoughtful reminiscence of her life to then being like actually a time travel thing where she just fucked up all of her relationships in the past and now it like is real i I don't know it directed by m net Shyamalan. yeah it muddied the whole thing up for me if it if the movie had (laughs) cut before that dedication page part I would have thought it was a much better film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean that 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 kind of did lower its score a little bit for me. Yeah. Speaking of which, would you recommend this film to people who have not yet seen it? I think I would. I mean, I I enjoyed it. I I definitely enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Yeah. But uh, I I'd say it's a good watch if you're looking for if you're like bored and browsing through Netflix mm-hmm. and can't find anything to watch. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I think I think I would recommend it as well. It doesn't have the charm that. Um, that Racing with the Moon had like I would watch Racing with the Moon yeah. just because it was charming and pleasant. Um, yeah, it <laughs> that one I actually did like a lot. Yeah, this one I liked a lot more than I thought <clears throat> it would, but it didn't have the same like charm. Like I wouldn't watch this one again. I'd probably watch it if I was mm-hmm. in like a Francis Ford Coppola film class or something, right? But like, <laughs> it doesn't have the the same charm. Um, so yeah. I would probably recommend it, but not highly. And with that, I think I'm going to say I'd give this a solid 21 out of 28. Good film. Well written. 21. Not excellent, but it was good. 
that is that is that is a decent rating but just because of that whole dedication page moment i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna go 20 hmm. no 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 19.5 19.5 i think that 19.5 <laughs> out of 28 actually feels like probably the correct answer to be honest <laughs> oh, you're welcome <laughs> okay so with that um what's our next movie uh, don't abandon us just yet, because our next movie is Raising Arizona, which ah, is widely the regarded one that you've as, all surely been waiting for. Yes, I think a lot of people know Nick Cage, his early work from Raising Arizona. So I'm excited. I think it's gonna be good. I've heard good things about it, but I've never seen this film before. Just like everything else yeah, so far. Neither. So <laughs> neither have I. I think it'll be good. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Fun time. Okay. Well, all right. Bye. Love you. That's it, boys and girls. 